Did you ever think you would make it? I feel I'm so close, I could take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value payment, giving value's contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to haters. How they run, homie, look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. So I don't, you know. Okay, well, uh, listen, we're back at it. Podcast, we haven't done one for a minute this week because we were in uh, uh, Romania. Bucharest. Yeah, we were in Romania hanging yeah. out. And uh, uh, it's interesting because, Vinny, you were a celebrity there. You dressed up I, as a Dracula, people taking pictures with you. It's pretty wild. It was ins- like some guy really thought, cause they, and how, what are the odds that these tourists just got back from Transylvania? And they were like... Hey, my wife, yeah, my turn. Was you were, yeah, was you were the second biggest celebrity yeah. in Romania. Behind Tate. Yeah. <laughs> Behind another individual. So, you might have been the first. I, I don't know. And, and, you know, obviously we got a lot of story to go through. And at the beginning, we're going to give you the Tate update. Uh, and just for everybody, because I've been bombarded, swamped with messages about what's going to be happening here. So uh, we spent, um, I don't know, we have around 12 hours of footage of content. There will be a behind the scenes because that behind the scenes clip alone will be very interesting for you to see. Uh, they were very transparent, which was kind of like, hey, you know, take the camera around. You know, we, we got footage from a lot of different places. Uh, we spent seven hours talking to Andrew and we spent about an hour and a half talking to Tristan individually. The topics and issues that was discussed was very deep, from BBC to Romania to the arrest to uh, uh, what it was like to be in jail, the experience in jail, the dungeon, uh, uh, what things they learned while they were in there, uh, moments of not having access to your phone for 92 days, how that messes with you, personal life, kids, um, uh, uh, finance, what did they do? Did they take everything? Is there money there? Do they have any money left? Did they take this? Did they take that? Anyways, we talked about everything. Now, while we did the interview, this is one thing everybody needs to know. By the way, if you're watching this, if, if you want to be one of the first to get the update on this, text the word Tate to 310-340-1132. Once again, text the word Tate. Rob, if you can put this in the chat as well. Text the word Tate to 310-340-1132, or I'll give you another thing to do as well. Kai, if you can send a link to Rob to put in the description for people that are not in America internationally to be the first to get the email as well, Rob, uh, please text Kai to text you the proper link, and let's put that below, folks. You'll see it as you're coming in, and Rob will put in the chat as well. So a, a lot of conversations. Legal was there. Their their publicists were there. Everybody flew in from all over the place for this meeting. And uh, the interview that goes live, I believe it's five hours and 20 minutes of content, of which 45 minutes will have to be cut because it's legal issues about Romania and their indictment. And that'll be live uh, post their indictment, which could be any time now in the next week or two. So, there will be what we're working on right now is for it to come out and be released. The interview, number one, I think it's going to be four hours and forty minutes, something like that. Four hours and thirty minutes, and then the other forty-five minutes, forty-four minutes will be released post indictment. So there's going to be two parts to it, and then Tristan's interview will also be released uh, uh, here very soon as well. It's epic. If you enjoyed the first one, this was. Probably, I don't want to say 10 times wilder because even the intro, I don't know if you guys saw the intro yesterday. I did. I saw it. Te- shout out to the Sick. team for what they're yeah, doing over Alan there. Yeah, Alan, everybody. That- Eric, Alan, Eric, you know, Kelly, the whole crew, Brandon with the research. These guys really were busting their tails, editing. I think they went without any sleep trying to get it this time. They did. And their crew, Tate's crew, yeah. was very hospitable, you know, where they were oh with God. us. Can I give us a shout out? Yeah. Tate said... You guys are the most prepared for any interview he's ever done. The, the research, the notes, I the don't questions. know if we were more prepared than Lucy Williamson from BBC. <laughs> I don't want to give us that kind of credit. Yeah. I think yeah. we're second best to Lucy. Yeah. She She's was, the GOAT. Yeah. She yeah, we have prepared, to realize. She's, and, and she was prepared with an agenda that completely uh, yeah, and, fell. She was ready failed. to get killed. She just didn't know yeah. it. And Pat, just, just to say something off of what you said, for, for people like, I never met him. I've seen the videos. Obviously, I've, I've never met him, but... From start to finish, be honest, the hospitality, the, the sincere, genuine, mm-hmm. like, do you want a coffee? Uh, uh, he, dude, it was like being in a Middle Eastern person's house. Mm-hmm. Great personality, like, 
bend over backwards to making us feel. Did you feel like you were at home? It was a great I experience. I, was home. I mean, it, it was the same way last time, though. But it was a great experience this time being in the house when you pull up mm-hmm. to the security, security waiting outside the place. It was the driver knowing who they were and asking around in the city what they thought of the Tates. You just have to watch the interview mm-hmm. to see all of this combined. And it starts off, we give three gifts at the beginning, which you will crack up. <laughs> And we give no. two or three unique gifts at the end, which you won't crack up. You it's will more, tear up. Only. You will yeah. tear up the gifts at yeah. the end because it's going to be sentimental and meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's a conversation that people need to hear. You're gonna, I, I can tell you one thing, folks. When you see this, BBC is going to hate this interview. Let yeah. me say that one more time. They're going to hate this interview. And that may be an understatement on what happened. So, uh, but at the same time, I think it needed to be this way. People need to hear the story from them to kind of see where they're at, and then we're going to see what the court's going to do, whether they're going to get charged. They're not still till today. It's still allegedly. Uh, a lot of people are trying to come after them. A recent story came out with another girl named Evie mm-hmm. that claimed they did something 10 years ago. We talked about that as well. Uh, anyways, if you're following the Tate story, you're not only not going to want to miss this one. I remember the first one was five hours. People are like, who the hell is going to watch a five-hour thing? And the most common consensus I got wherever I went and whatever DMs and emails and messages that came in, I sat there expecting to just watch the first 30 minutes. I ended up finishing the whole thing on one sit-down. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see a lot of people are going to be doing that, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be epic. Can I add to this? Yeah. If we're going to talk about this. Yeah. I wrote down three things that I took from this in, in general. Um, the big overdrop that I would say is I would argue that Tate, whether you love him, you hate him, appreciate him, disrespect, whatever, I would argue that he is inarguably the greatest communicator living today. I agree. The, the 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 ability to understand what he's talking about, but also relate to everyday people, is fascinating. And we actually had that conversation about. I said, you see, you have all these belts on your wall about being a four time kick, kickbox champion. I said, I would argue that your linguistic skills and your wordsmith mm-hmm. uh, ability is better than your kickboxing ability. He goes, I wouldn't deny that. So, that, <laughs> but here's the three biggest takeaways, and you touched on number one. I would say the hospitality was actually genuinely impressive Mm -hmm. from Tristan, Andrew, his team, the ladies, everyone there. uh, Very impressive with that. Absolute gentleman, absolute gentleman, even when the cameras were off. So this is, you can't fake this. This is not a facade. Number two, which I totally appreciate. I've looked into this was the adaptability. He he referenced Darwin. He said, it's not the biggest or the strongest or most intelligent that survives. It's the people who are the most adaptable or the animals that are most adaptable. He talked about being in a yacht one week, being on a private jet, and then being in a jail cell. And he's like, I'm totally comfortable with this. Adaptability is absolutely amazing. And then, ironically, the reverse to the adaptability are your values and principles, that he is locked in on certain things that he believes, and they are unwavering, which is very impressive to me. And that he takes full accountability for everything that happened. And speaking of values and principles, the work ethic, the stoicism, the brotherhood, the, the finances, the mental wellness, the not believing in depression, uh, just being an absolute top G. Uh, we had a great time. I'm excited for people to see it. And uh, yep. thank you, PBD, for everything. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah great. It, was a, it was a great experience. So stay tuned, guys, when it comes out again. Text the word Tate to 310-340-1132 or put the link below as well. Rob, did you put it below mm-hmm. for folks to get the email as well? Yeah, Kai's working on it right okay, now. PPD, one, one question for you. What are the chances that you change your diet to eating once a day? No. Only ten, drinking coffee, 10, 10, 10 to 12, 12 coffees, and cigars. That's it. That's 12 all. 12 to 15 cups of coffee and three <laughs> cigars a day and only eat once, yeah. once a day. Yeah, once you a day. You know what would happen if I had <laughs> one cup of coffee? I mean, it's just let alone. Honestly, if I had 12 to 15 cups of coffee, mm-hmm. my heart this would is, stop. You wouldn't work yeah. here. You would, you, it'd be a very different environment. The only person that does more coffee and cigars a day is the new proud papa, Mario Aguilar. Mario. Shout out to him. <laughs> Shout, out, Shout to out, Mario. out to Mario. Shout out to Mario. Baby new boy. New baby here. Gabriel. Baby G. Maximo. Aguilar. Aguilar. What Freaking a name. Powerful. What a name. that guy, man. Yeah, that's a, that's a powerful name right there. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Again, text the word Tate to 310-340-1132. As we're going through this, uh, uh, we got a lot of stories to cover here with you. Number one, the indictment with Trump, the new one that came out. There's uh, uh, indicted on seven charges. We'll cover that. YouTube, YouTube, I don't know if you guys heard it or not. Recently, they no longer give strikes for videos and people that fight the election in 2020. So they're no longer taking those videos down, which was kind of weird, but you should hear what the Biden campaign had to say about YouTube's new guidelines. California Governor Newsom announced uh, uh, proposes 28th Amendment to the Constitution to combat gun violence. 
Cuba to host secret Chinese spy base focusing on U.S. And that's not like a conspiracy website saying that. That article is written by Wall Street Journal, folks. Cuba to host secret Chinese spy base focusing on U.S. RFK did a Twitter space with Musk, 300,000 people there. I believe he's making some of the best points, best arguments. We'll cover that as well. Chris Licht, CNN CEO, fired. We did the podcast saying these guys are probably going to fire this guy, and he's actually doing good for the shareholders. We'll cover that. The real reasons why Chris Licht got fired, there's an article behind that. Tucker Carlson did his first and his second, and he took an indirect shot at Obama's personal <laughs> life in 2008, and a lot of people on Twitter are claiming that Tucker kind of called him the part of the LGBT, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so maybe we'll cover that a little bit. And Fox News tell Tucker Carlson he violated his contract with new Twitter show. Sam Altman fires back at uh, Elon Musk criticism on open eyes saying, I like the dude, but that he's totally wrong about this stuff. Again, we'll see what Tom has to say about that. Half the world's biggest companies are downsizing office space amid hybrid amid. working. That's an insider story. Commercial real estate crash still looming over the U.S. economy. Behind rising unemployment, job market is really strong, but at the same time, jobless claims jump more than expected to the highest level since 2021. Butler experienced another week of sales decline, drop another 24% from a year ago. Then there's a couple stories. Companies that embrace social issues are starting to have second thoughts. That's a WSJ story. And uh, this next one is concerning for a couple people here on the pa panel. Vasectomies rose. What? 29% Ooh, no. in the three months after the end of row, the economy. Economists wrote oh, yeah. that. You got yours, Vinny? And then Mel Gibson will talk about that. And New Surgeon General talked about the loneliness epidemic. And this is the same person that was supportive of the shutdown. But yeah. let me first go to our sponsor. Our sponsor today is Masterworks Gang. There's a lot of things that's going on. You know, when you think when you think about investments, alternative investments are on the rise. And one of the reasons why I like uh, Masterworks and what they do is I'm an art guy. I collect collectible. I have a lot of collectibles. Probably $10 million worth of collectibles myself. It's not as big as some others, but it's, you know, I have a good amount and I keep investing back into it because the returns on it are good. And many times they beat the SP 500, the returns. And it's a way to anything that's a non duplicatable asset, I'm interested in it. And this is what Masterworks does. Now, a lot of people say, I can't afford a Banksy. I can't afford a Picasso. I can't afford an Andy Warhol. I don't have a million bucks. I don't have five million bucks. But you can afford to buy a share of it, just like you can't afford to buy Apple as a whole company. But you can buy a share of Apple. You can buy a share of Microsoft. You can now buy a share of my, uh, Banksy, Andy Warhol, you know, all these Picasso arts that they own. So if you haven't yet registered with these guys, I believe they have over 700,000 members now. And there's a link below in the link for you to go out there and sign up to be part of this. Uh, uh, once again, last time inflation was this high, contemporary art appreciated on an average. Ready? of 20% per year. If you've not registered with Masterworks, click on the link below to get registered with those guys. Okay, first story. Which one do we want to get into? I say we get into the indictment. a uh, indictment story. Okay, first things first, the indictment. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Here are the charges and how many years Trump faces in federal Mar-a-Lago indictment New York Post story. Number one, retaining classified document. Trump is charged with hoarding classified material at Mar-a-Lago with a maximum sentence of 10 years or a fine. Number two, conspiring to obstruct justice. Trump is accused of in instructing others to mislead government officials during the retrieval of the classified documents constituting an obstruction of justice charge. This carries a maximum sentence of 10 years or a fine. Number three, withholding a document. Investigators allege that Trump purposefully retained some of the top secret government documents which is authorized and it carries a maximum, which unauthorized, I'm sorry, and carries a maximum sentence of five years. Number four, corruptly concealing a document or record. Trump is charged with both threatening others to mislead a federal investigation and illegally retaining classified documents, which carries a punishment up to 20 years. Concealing a document in a federal investigation, Trump faces an additional 20-year per sentence, 20-year sentence if convicted. Number six, scheme to conceal. Trump is accused to knowingly hiding the classified documents while serving in a government branch, carrying a maximum of five years. If deemed domestic terrorism, the charge could be as, as high as eight years. And last but not least, seven, false, false statements and uh, rep representation. Trump could face charges for lying about keeping top-secret document papers in his private home with a maximum sentence of five years. Quite frankly, all these numbers are high. 
All they care about is to be able to put this guy in prison for about 17 months, 19 months. That's all they care about. Mm-hmm. If they can put him in prison till December of 2024, they're happy. That's what they care about. Tom, when you hear these stories, what do you think about? Well, I think about Eric Adams. Remember Eric Adams, the indictment that came in? Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. New York, and it was like he listed like 14 things. Was it 14 counts or something crazy in New York? And it really boiled down to one thing. This is one thing. Let's take a look at this. And this is what the government does, ladies and gentlemen. This is what they do. They cut the onion into thin slices and they keep making you cry over it. Think of this. What if a teacher said to you, because you yell at the teacher that says, you're staying after school for Charge one, interrupting the teacher. Charge two, raising your voice. Charge three, yelling at a teacher. Your parents would say, what the hell are you doing? You're just keeping him after school for one thing. He yelled in class and you got upset with you. How are you keeping him three days after school and you're making up these charges? That's what they're doing here. Watch this. Retaining classified documents, withholding a document, corrupt concealing a document, (laughs) concealing a document, a federal investigation, scheme to conceal. That's all the same thing, hiding a document. And then the other one is... He lied and obstructed justice, they say. Conspiring to obstruct justice, false statements, representations to obstruct. They're really saying two things. You had documents and you, um, you, you, you were not honest with us about it. And they're trying to cut this thing, PBD, into multiple charges. That way they can keep putting the years on it and it gives them something to settle on. The federal prosecutor, here's what they really want. They want a settlement in which he agrees not to be running, and he agrees to go away. That's what the design is here. They're trying to wound his image in public. I'm not sure they really want the DeSantis to come out better on this. Very politically charged. But this is how the government does it. They cut things into little slices to make it seem bigger. Here's, I think, Pat, because we were getting on the flight, right? I think it's the timing of this, right? Because Biden unleashed this indictment on the same day that the House Republicans were finally able to publicize the evidence that, that 5 million from Ukraine, the Burisma story went to, to like, so when people, I tell people to wake up, there is no coincidence. It happens on purpose. They've weaponized the Department of Justice. And it's like, think about it. We get on the plane, one story comes out. We land, that one hits. Because now, what's the main story, Pat? It's Trump. It has nothing, in, nobody cares about the Biden situation. And Biden is on camera. Do you remember that, Rob? When he, when he was like, I'm not, they wanted a billion dollars. And he goes, I told them, guess what? You ain't getting it. This right un- here. Unless, and you know why, Pat? Unless they fire the, the guy that was going after Hunter. This is the video right here. Can you press This the, is evidence. We've all seen um, this. I remember yeah. going over convincing our team, our <coughs> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, right, I guess the... 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they, had, they were walking out to press conference and said, no, I said, I'm not gonna, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. They're laughing. You got fired. They're laughing. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. You know the prosecutor was, Pat? The guy that was investigating Hunter and Burisma. Like, do you, when, when are people going to wake up and be like, bro, that, the proof is right in front of your face and nothing happened? Do you have that article that just came out, by the way? This is the one from Joe Biden allegedly paid $5 million by Burisma executive as part of a bribery scheme, <laughs> according to FBI document. This is not like 
it, 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 keep going, Lord. Let me so President Joe Biden. Let me read that whole thing by executive. Go a little high. Yeah, but executive of the Ukraine natural gas firm Burisma, where his son Biden Hunter sat on the board of Confidential Human Source, told FBI during a June 2020 interview. Sources familiar with told Fox News Dig- Digital. The sources brief Fox Digital. The FBI generated FD 1023 form alleging a criminal bribery scheme between then Vice President Joe Biden and a foreign national that involved influence over U.S. policy decisions. The form dated June June 30, 2020, is the FBI's interview with a highly credible confidential source who detailed multiple meetings and conversations he or she had with a top Burisma executive over the course of several years starting 2015. Is there anything else below that for us to see? I mean, that in itself is plenty, ain't it? Of course it is. It's it's like it's like it's not rumors of Russian collusion and all the BS. You're seeing a video of a guy saying pay per pay per play. You know what I mean? And you have to fire somebody that's investigating my son, Pat. And the proof is right there, and nothing happens. That's why it's so frustrating for the average person because it's like dude, the left the left runs the show. And by the way, the FD, FBI. Pat sent somebody up that recorded it, right? So a assignment officer and a superior agreed to take FD-1023. The FBI will agree not to even talk to people at times when they're trying to cover up, but they actually, so an assignment officer and a superior actually agreed, yeah, let's go file it. That's permanently filed. That's permanently filed. Yeah, that's that's in the record now. And, and, and I want to show this. This just happened this week. Check this out. This is kind of weird when you see this here. Play this clip if you have it, Rob. Uh, disturbing, and the reaction and the answer at the end. I think I showed this to you guys oh, yesterday. This is, this is amazing. Watch this. Go ahead. The opportunities respond to a former White House stenographer who this month outed you as an anonymous senior administration official who briefed reporters on Air Force Two en route to Ukraine in 2014. Um, he says that you spoke about giving aid to the Ukrainian national gas industry just days after the first or the second son had uh, secretly joined the board of a uh, Ukrainian gas company. He says he considers you part of a corrupt influence peddling conspiracy. He wants to testify to a Delaware grand jury about it. Uh, do you have a response to that? And were you part of a corrupt influence peddling operation Involving Biden's family in Ukraine or any other country? No. No. <laughs> By the way, Next look at his question. blink rate. Look at the blink rate. No. Any FBI profilers will tell you when the blink rate starts going up is where you're, you're, you have mental stress. And, and seeing that, the point that we said yesterday, Pat, that journalism is dead, he says no. Nobody goes into a frenzy and goes, well, wait a minute. Wait, what do you. Mm-hmm. Nobody says nothing and they move on to the next story. I'll tell you what, the music they played in that video was uh, very. You good. would just know he's guilty just he's by the music. <laughs> Dun, dun, oh, those X Files. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's my thoughts on the Trump situation. Was that me? Is that you? No, that was, uh, oh, that was Tom. Tom. Um, you know, a lot of people use the word witch hunt, right? And um, I have the definition of that. I'm not saying that it is a full on witch hunt, but it definitely smells witch hunty. Yeah. Right? I don't know if that's a, witchy, a verb, witchy. but it definitely smells witch hunty. The definition of a witch hunt is a campaign directed against a person or a group holding unorthodox or unpopular. Views. We can have a debate of whether his views are unpopular. They're certainly unorthodox. Uh, but that's what's going on there. And, you know, it came from when witches who were not doing anything witchcrafty were burned at the mother sucking <laughs> stake yep. uh, for allegedly doing things. So it definitely feels like that. We had the conversation with the two FBI agent whistleblowers the other day, and the term weaponized and politicized was being thrown around like a football left and right. Well, for uh, Biden, I don't think it's the witch hunt. I think it's really the question of which bribe. Yeah, ex- there you exactly. Go, so exactly. I mean, we learned we learned with Trump uh, in Trump's defense that Russia, the Russia Gate, turned out to be nada. The Ukraine stuff didn't really turn out to be anything. Hillary, the impeachment stuff didn't really turn out to be anything. The Stormy Daniels hush money. We'll see what happens with that. Seems very petty. But I think this is just going to be a slow drip. You mentioned Eric Adams. I think you meant Alvin Bragg, the, the state of New York that is coming after him. Obviously this. And then we're going to see what happens with the Georgia situation. That's him on tape asking to find 11,000-something-something uh, votes. Uh, I think this comes into three camps, uh, kind of like what we talked about with Tate. There's the people who are automatically assuming that Tate is guilty without any evidence, and they've basically anchored to that position. There's nothing you could tell them to prove them otherwise. There's the other camp that's like, he's the man, he's the top G, you can't show me anything that he's done, and uh, I have his back. Totally understand that. And then there's the independent free thinkers that are basically like, let's see what happens here. And I think that's exactly what's playing out 
with the Trump situation. Number one, you have the MAGA base that is fucking pissed. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's nobody on the on the on the right side of things that is happy about this. They completely are on the camp that this is a freaking witch hunt. I don't know if you saw what Mark Levin had to say. What? Dude went off. Steam coming from his ears. People are freaking pissed about this. We talk about the country being divided and divisive. This ain't helping whatsoever. You want to pull up Mark Rock, Levin? Keep, keep, keep what yeah, you just yeah. had there. No, no. Pull Pretty back insane. to what you had on. So then you have the Democratic left or the woke left. If you go there, they are ecstatic. They are, they are happy to see this. This is what they wanted. And they want more of this. It's like Trump porn. And uh, the fetish is not is not going down whatsoever. Then you have the people, um, and I would say I'm in that camp that's like, all right, this seems a little witch hunty. Let's let the facts play out. Let's see what happens here. Um, this is, you know, you're, you put up a poll up there, how much you trust the Justice Department. I, I, I'm assuming that there's going to be a lot of people that do not trust what is going on here. And the record is not good for what's going on in, in Trump world as far as going after the guy and really finding nothing. But you touched on it, Pat. They're going to stop at nothing. Uh, and then 18 months from now, if he's not winning the election or even running the election, they're going to be very happy to see this. Last point. Uh, this is the cover of Time magazine this week. Right. I don't know if you could see this. It is a picture of uh, Ron DeSantis. Um, the sanctimonious. The sanctimonious. And it's what Ron DeSantis means for America. And it is him peeling an orange. You touch on a double That's entendre. That's very layered. That's he's, very layered. He's in Florida, the orange, the sunshine state. Uh, but also, there's a big bad orange man that he's looking to <laughs> unpeel and take down. So I think that's sort of the media's narrative is that they would love to see Trump out of this thing and DeSantis in there. Let's not forget one thing. At the end of the day, this is the first time in this nation's history that a formal president has been formally charged by the federal government. The Stormy Daniels hush money situation was New York State, Alvin Bragg, everything with that. He campaigned on that. At the end of the day, I think it's a sad situation. I think at the end of the day, the, the number one word that keeps popping up, whether you're on the left or on the right, is accountability. What's the accountability here? Trump being held accountable? Is Biden being held accountable? Is accountability beyond, uh, is being distributed evenly? Uh, I know a lot of people on the right do not but think that Adam, it is. don't you feel that it's just one side accountability? Like one side gets away with literally murder. One side is just, it's not just one side, it's Trump. It it's does Trump. See, it does it's seem all that Trump, way. dude. It's literally all yeah. Trump. And I, my, my question was, bro, when when are Americans actually going to do something? All we do is talk, Pat. All, all the right does is bark. When are the people actually going to get involved? And I'm not talking about January 6th BS where they show up and FBI agents are like, hey, let's run into the Capitol. I'm talking about like in Europe, Pat, when Brazil and all those protests, there was millions and millions of people in the street saying enough is enough. What do you think it's going to take for us? Like, what, Pat, every day is another story of Biden can do whatever he wants. They can do whatever he wants. Hillary can do Russia collusion and all that. When? When? When, when is going to be the breaking point? Or, or are we too soft? And going back to what Tate always talks about, the masculine men, they're, they're, they're getting rid of all mm -hmm. these guys. Those guys are just soft now. Nobody's going in the streets. It's just, I'm going to post a vlog. I'm going to go on and I'm mm -hmm. going to post something on Instagram. When is enough, Adam? What do you think is going to be that break? I'll let Pat answer this, but I think he already hit on it. Once Trump is no longer in the race, boom, they're done with the guy. But while he's in this race, they do not want to see this guy be the president, period, end of story. They, they will go after DeSantis, but at a tenth of what they're doing with Trump. Right. Not, not even close. Right. Uh, again, for me, one of the things we were talking about is in Glendale Unified School District. We, by the way, Glendale, if you're listening to this, I we talked you. about you on Tate's yeah. uh, in interview and we have a lot of respect for those parents, man. I mean, I, I saw one of these clips, uh, 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 which, which I'll send to you, Rob, here in a minute, and we'll, we'll talk about that. The biggest thing is you not being afraid of taking a stand. You not being afraid of taking a stand against what's taking place. There's a part of it where if Glendale Unified School District is sick of it, if they're sick of what's taking place, if they're sick of all the mess that's taking place, you have to go on a strike. It got so bad that the board member shows up and says, hey, what do we need to do to get you guys to stop protesting? You know what the mother said? Now what do you want to do? What about when we first asked you and we, we talked about this, you didn't listen to us. Now you want us to stop? Now because it's embarrassing what you guys are doing? No. Now we're going to keep talking about this until you stop. And one guy comes in saying, we have, you know, uh, death upon Christian fascists. I don't know if you saw this clip or not, yeah. Rob. I showed it to you guys. Yeah. This one guy gets up there and says, death upon Christian fascists. And he's a guy that's holding, uh, if I can find this clip, I think I retweeted it or something. This guy's got very, very good clips about this. 
Anyways, I'll find it here in a minute. We'll go through it. But but people have to, uh, uh, when you do something like this, you're eventually going to wake people up, and they're eventually going to say, I am not going to tolerate this. This is Glenda right now. If you look at this, look at the fights. If you can click on it so they can hear the noise, look what the guy says. Turn on the audio. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, wow. Dude, look at that. They're not giving the, you audio. Because, you know, Pat, that, that's Antifa too, Pat. Yeah. Antifa was there getting their asses whooped. PVD, this is where you grew up. Yes. You, listen, I'm, there, if there's one thing about Armenians, if you do anything to their mothers <laughs> yeah. and their kids, it's yeah. game over. Yep. Hmm. This is a very different kind of a culture. This is the types of people you want to have drinks with, you want to have conversation with, you want to spend time with, but God forbid you do anything to their kids. And they're starting to see it right now. It's common sense, by the way. Don't mess with my kids. One of the mothers asked the question. I have to find these clips to show it to you. One of the mothers asked the question and says, you know, uh, uh, why, why are we showing, why do we have to teach a four-year-old about what a transgender is? Why do we have to teach a four-year-old? A four-year-old. What does a four-year-old have to learn about being a transgender? Nothing. Zero. Zero. A four-year-old has nothing to do to learn about what a transgender is. But they're doing these kinds of things. One Armenian guy was standing across a, um, a uh, standing across this guy, and this other guy was saying, you know, death, death <laughs> upon Christian fascists. And the guy turns around and says, he says, really? He says, you want to burn the American flag? Oh, he yeah. says, yes. He says, you want to burn the American flag? Do you have that clip? Did I send it to you or no, not? No, I, I wish I could show that. That was incredible. He says, you want to burn the American flag? He says, why is it, why is it such a big deal if we burn the, uh, uh, the uh, LGBT, the pride flag, but not a big deal if you burn the American flag? Why is that okay? And anyways, there was a back and forth with them. Yeah. But my point to you is you got to stand up for your values and principles, especially at a point like this when insanity is taking place. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing about that is, and, and this is something that I've learned repeatedly being here at Valuetainment, why is it that people who are not born here, not from America, that came here, that, that earned the right to be here, are freaking obsessed with America? Why? Because they know what it's like the rest of the world. They know what it's like not to have a voice, not to have your freedoms, to be locked up in jail for bullshit, to not to have food on the plate, not to not have an opportunity, to not have money. And they come here and they deeply, with gratitude and appreciation, love what America's about. Then you have these yahoos that are born in America and they just play the fucking victim role mm -hmm. and all they do is want to hate on America. This is why when Sebastian Gorka was here, we just made a call, he said, he said, this came down to two things, two camps, the people that love America and the people that hate America, want to destroy America. And it's sad to say, but that's becoming more and more true every single freaking day. I found the clip. Can you play this clip? Watch this guy here, yeah, what he this said. this is it. Okay, make it, make it bigger and let's get the audio, Rob, uh, if we can. Uh, tell me the audio works on this one. Okay, go for it. I like this. Death to America. Pause right there. I agree to death to America, but I also agree death to, to Christian fascists. Yeah. This is a white guy <laughs> saying yeah. death to Christian fascists. Okay, keep playing it. You will burn this flag. You try. You try. You try to burn this flag. That's a hate crime. Listen, my brother, you are saying they burned the flag? No, I'm not wrapped up. Listen, when they, why, why is it okay, not okay to burn the LGBTQ flag, but it's okay to, for you to burn this flag? If you don't like this flag, get out of this country. That's amazing. Let's go, baby. You can carry it. That's your right to carry it. Like this guy believes what he's saying, by the way. By the way, pause. Not, Listen, yeah. to the average person, tell me who you want on your side. Tell me who you want to be friends with. Tell me who you want as a citizen. Tell me who's a net positive to your country. Tell me who's more grateful. Tell me who's more thankful for your country. Tell me who's better for you. Tell me who should we, we, we should make more into a hero. Who should we protect more? This clown or the other guy that's trying to defend his kids? Do we not value great parents, great fathers, great men, great leaders that are willing to stand up for this incredible country? Do we value that? Then turn that man into a hero. Now, I, by the way, I would love to have a this whole different conversation I was having with Merle Tikrin and my sister about doing an event in Glendale at the biggest hall and bringing all these parents because I got a message for these Armenian parents that are doing this. And, and I think, uh, anyways, that's a whole different thing. I don't want to get into it right yeah. now. But all I'm saying is I am so proud 
so proud, and maybe proud is, is one word, but I want to add another one. I am so proud and honored to have half of my blood be Armenian, to see the representation of these incredible fathers and mothers that are brave to stand up to this pathetic hypocrisy, this bullshit woke agenda that has convinced so many people to think this is noble and we ought to sit there and be tolerant about it. I respect you for fighting to every single Armenian parent, to every single Armenian individual that you got a sibling, a brother, a sister, an aunt, an uncle. There was a 90-year-old grandmother standing there talking to one of these clowns. In a very calm way. Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. I got so much respect for you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. You, you know how they say that we're living in a clown world. Every, up is down, left is right. Up, This is just a case example. Exhibit A, you have an American, born and raised in America, hates America, wants to burn the USA flag. Yeah. You have an immigrant, an Armenian immigrant, speaking in a thick accent, defending the flag. Holding One it. is trying to burn the American flag. One is basically saying, do not touch this fucking flag. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm not going to yeah. touch your LGBT woke Rainbow flag. flag. Do your thing, unicorn. Yeah. Don't touch this flag. And you could tell the, 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 in his voice, he meant it. Of course. He would die yeah. for his beliefs because he knows what it's like on the other side of the country, yeah. other side of the world. Yeah. It's, it, it's really pathetic. It's a clown fucking world. It really and, is. And if anybody doesn't understand what's going on on Twitter here and having the ability to see unedited videos so you can see what is being said, when is being said, this is not getting edited and put on mainstream media. This is not going on the news. On the news, they portray it as a bunch of freak parents that are upset, that are against progressive values and the rights of other people. Baloney. What these people are is upset about what you're trying to teach their kids. And thanks to Twitter, you've got all sorts of these these wonderful accounts that I was looking at yesterday, Pat, that was it was not cut. They're just saying, look at what this person said. Look at what this person said. You're able to see the truth of what's going on there, including, you know, the, this this woke woman who actually stood and was speaking to the uh, school board, and she mentioned the genocide and denied it. So you had a genocide denier on top of this, hitting to the core of something that happened to the um, Armenian community, that we need a dip. We've got St. Patrick's Day. We've got Martin Luther King Day. We need a day on the American calendar for to recognize what happened with the Armenian genocide. And you got this woman with the, and I'm going to call her trans because she had the balls to stand there <laughs> and, and make a comment and invoke the, you know, a comment about the genocide while she's making a comment. So she's clearly poking and triggering these parents that are outside. And I was thankful that I could see a 360-degree view of all these folks to see really what was happening there because this is not the coverage you were getting on the media. No, that's, that's, this is, again, respect to you guys for what you're doing to every single Armenian. And by the way, this, is, this isn't just Armenian. I, I know a lot of Hispanics. They don't stand up for this. I know our company, half of it is Hispanic. And I'm talking every kind of Hispanic. They don't stand up for this stuff. They do not stand up for this stuff, okay? This, this is not the game they play. This is not what they want to do. They have strong values and principles. They don't support decisions like this. By the way, we're talking about Trump. We're talking about Biden. I posted a poll on Twitter. Can you go to my Twitter account if you could? Just right there, go to my Twitter account and re refresh it. Refresh it so all this stuff can be. No, no, go back to, yeah, just refresh it from the top. There you go. And then go to the poll and zoom in a little bit. I asked the following question. How much do you trust the current justice system in America? Okay. The answers are, uh, 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 pick one of them, by the way. Just vote on one of them yourself, Rob. Rob look at that. Zero. Okay, look at that zero. right there. 3,574 people voted 44 minutes ago. 61.3% said zero. 27.3% said minimal. Wow. That means 89% said minimal to zero. 89% said minimal to zero. 9.3% said somewhat. 2.1% said fully. I can guarantee you the fully are 100% vaccinated and they have all their <laughs> And they boosters. wear masks in the car. They're coming, they, they were wearing masks when they put the fully <laughs> one right there, by the way. So yeah. that just kind of tells you Hilarious. the state of the, the current economy. Anyways, we can go to the next topic. I'll finish it up with you here. You were going to say something? Well, I, I mean, it's... it's Look, I, I like just peel this back a little bit. I have conversations with people of on all political sides of the aisle, Okay. And what I like having conversations with is people that are not Trump fans, not Tr not MAGA world, people that voted for Biden and say, what do you think about what's going on here? What do you think about this situation? What do you think about what's happening with Trump? What do you think about what's happening with the LGBT woke? It, 
the, the, the problem that I have is we're so polarized. It's like, if you voted for Biden, you must be a gay liberal Democrat, obviously, right? It's like, if you voted for, for Trump, you must have been there storming the Capitol on January 6th. It's a broad spectrum. And what I like understanding is when people are like, yeah, I voted for Biden, but I don't really like what's going on here on the left here. It's not, I, you know, I've got kids in school. I don't like this shit. And I'm not a Trump supporter, but I don't support this. And it's a very nuanced debate here. Same with this. It's like, I know plenty of Democrat people. They're not woke. Antifa people, just like I know plenty, plenty of, you know, DeSantis type people who aren't on the, the MAGA camp. It's a very nuanced debate here. But when everybody across the aisle, everyone across the spectrum politically is seeing something like this and they're like, this is ridiculous. This is freaking ridiculous. That, that's when you understand that that it's really a situation that is just completely All right, let's go to the next story. So uh, it, this week, multiple people made announcements that they're running. Chris Christie, I don't know if you've heard of him before. He announced he's running. He's the former governor of New Jersey. Uh, uh, Mike Pence announced he's running as well. Insider came out. Uh, uh, I showed it to you guys yesterday when Insider on their Instagram profile, when Mike Pence's announcement was made, I, I don't know what the article said, but it was not good. Uh, it, they said something like, uh, Mike Pence made an announcement that he's running and nobody cared. I let thought he was read. leading in the polls, Mike Pence. Let me, no? let me read the article of what it said if I have And he did yet. say something, Pat, along the lines that if Trump is the nominee, he kind of will support it. Here you, you go. That? It says, uh, in, uh, Pence made an announcement, but no one cares about Mike Pence. <laughs> this is insider. Insider is liberal. It's insider business if you want to go to it. Insider business, if you go to it, you'll see they said nobody cared. Uh, uh, nobody cared about what he had to say. And then Tim Scott goes on The View and rails against the host, uh, offensive comments about him. He crushed it, by the way, okay, when he went on. Uh, you can just zoom in real quick, Rob. Just zoom in right there yourself, and you'll be able to see it. No one cares about Mike Pence. <laughs> Insider saying that. Insider, yeah. Okay, But the YouTube story is kind of weird on what came out this last week. This came out of nowhere, okay, when an announcement like this was made by YouTube. YouTube reckless to stop Policing false claims on election fraud, Biden's campaign says. This is a Reuters story. The Biden campaign strongly criticizes YouTube's decision to seize po policing false claims about the election fraud, deeming it reckless and warning of potential violence. YouTube announced its policy change, citing concerns about curtailing political speech while acknowledging that removing content did combat some misinformation. The platform's decision to stop removing False claims related to the 2020 election is seen as controversial and concerning. Biden's campaign spokesperson, Kevin Munoz, emphasizes that the policy changes does not erase the fact that Biden legitimately won the 2020 election, expressing concern about the role of social media companies in spreading lies during that period. Now, here's a part when you see a story like this. Uh, why is YouTube doing this? Okay, let's, right. let's go logical. Let's go in every way we want. First of all, YouTube's ad revenue is down 2.6, the highest drop they've ever had from the day YouTube got started. First time ever. Their ad revenue is down 2. Point, right there, zoom in, TechCrunch. YouTube continues to see ad revenue decline 2.6% year over year. Yeah. This is not a good look for YouTube, okay? Because they have investors, YouTube, uh, uh, you know, it shows the results there, where they were at and where they're at right now. So they're sitting around saying, what the hell is going on? Rumble on the other side, keep signing people left and right, okay? Rumble is indirectly holding these guys accountable. Twitter is indirectly holding these guys accountable. If, God forbid, report comes out that Tucker's show on Twitter made him $2.2 million in a month or something like that, YouTube could be crushed big time and what i mean by youtube could be crushed here's the thing nobody thinks about okay nobody thinks about nobody realizes that the biggest thing about bullies is bullies are only bullies until somebody stands up to them and you know what is the typical mindset of a bully what is the typical mindset of a bully the typical mindset of a bully is that he is going to have he or she is going to have that kind of power forever mm -hmm. and it's the biggest lie if you have a monopoly on social media you feel like we're gonna have a control of this forever they had it for a few years they don't have it anymore if we have a monopoly on mainstream media we can do whatever we want 
Oh, yeah? You see what's changing? If we have a monopoly, we can push the agenda with ESG, and our name is BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. Oh, really? Okay, you keep doing I see what's happening right now. We'll cover a story with Wall Street Journal if this ESG stuff is working. But the point here with YouTube, I applaud them for going this direction. If YouTube, if YouTube chooses to go back to allowing people from both sides to go and comment without inciting violence, but they're going out there and giving their thoughts, their opinions, they allow that to stay, YouTube will be King Kong again. But if they don't, this is by far the worst time ever for YouTube to play the same political games they played in June of 2020 when they, I mean, I, listen, I remember one time Mario and I sitting there watching YouTube. I don't know how many videos were taken on on YouTube suddenly for us. 10, 20, 30, 40? I remember one time. And it was like, oh, boom, we did this interview, taken out. We did this interview, taken out. We did this interview, taken Our RFK interview where he talks about what he thought happened to his father and who killed him. You know, that was taken down. Our RFK interview had a couple million views after a week or two was taken out. Whatever the timeline was, it could have been a month or two before they took it down. But if YouTube goes this direction, good for them. If they don't, capitalism is here. Capitalism works. Competition is going to take their lunch. Not because I said so. Because it always has since day one. Especially with companies that become arrogant, thinking they have a monopoly. And monopolies don't last forever. Do you think, you think it'll help, Pat? Or do you think it's too late for them? Because now there's Twitter and there's all these... No, they're so massive it's not too late. They have everybody. I mean, they have Mr. Beast. They have, they have everybody. They have music. They have their... They have so many the kids. And by the way, here's the other part. You know how much the biggest YouTuber made last year? $58 million. You know what Jake Paul made off YouTube last year? $45 million bucks. You know that uh, that guy that does the toy reviews? You know oh, the, the guy? Yeah, yeah. What's his name? The the uh, uh, Ryan? Ryan. Oh, Ryan. Ryan's world. You know what Ryan made last year? Can you put Ryan's income last year? Ryan made $28 million last year off yeah, YouTube. Kid, Ryan's right? parents made $28 million. Yeah, yeah. I mean, $28 million, I want to say he made. What's the number? Uh, uh, can you see the income, what he made last year? On a list of top 10 biggest YouTubers, you'll see he made 28 million bucks. I think that's old. And Jake Paul made 45 million off YouTube. YouTube is still, I mean, listen, Jake Paul made 45 million. Rumble's revenue is roughly 100 million. Hmm. Revenue. And one of YouTubers' talent made 45 million. That's a, that's a big difference. And Rumble has to figure out, I'm sorry, $35 million in earnings. My apologies. I was off by $7 million bucks. No. But the point is, yeah, there you go, $35 million. So the point is, there's still King Kong. But King Kong is starting to realize, hey, man. Maybe we have to allow capitalism to do its part, and people got to have different opposing opinions. Tom? Well, there also is something luring in the background. It's called Section 230. And Section 230 is the safe harbor law that allows YouTube and Twitter and others to actually moderate, and they are shielded federally from liability for what happens on freedom of speech. And what they don't want, they also do not want a conservative Republican to mess with Section 230. Users and services cannot be sued, and that's what Big they want. Point, they, Tom. They have there. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to play nice because they don't want Section 230 to be changed. Because if it does change, it changes their liability. It changes what they can and can't do. It makes it that if they were to censor someone, they're actually censoring free speech and exposes them to a lot of things. They want Section 230 to say, hey, YouTube, do whatever you do. You operate as a publisher, cut people off, allow people there, and then massive point you're making. And, and then, then, and then, but you want to be or a liberal. Moyet. Want to be a liberal yeah, yeah, yeah. voice? Censor all the conservatives. That's your choice. YouTube. They don't want Ron DeSantis or um, a certain Donald J. Trump to come in and say, "We have fixed in Section 230. I'm tearing it in half." Yeah, that's not what they want. And by the way, it, it it's it's in the gun sites of um, a lot of conservatives. And yes, I said gun sites. Yeah, uh, Tom, you do a Bill Clinton impersonation way better than Trump. You want to yeah. try that again? <laughs> Vinny does it way better. You're crazy. <laughs> if I was president, all this there crap wouldn't be happening. There you go. There, it is. there he is. There, there he is. Guys, let's go to the next story here. So California Governor Gavin Newsom proposes 28 amendment to the Constitution to combat gun violence. This is a USA Today story. Um so uh, Newsom proposes 20 amendment constitution aimed at addressing gun violence. The proposed amendment includes raising the minimum age 
to purchase a gun from 18 to 21, implementing universal uh, background checks, establishing waiting periods to gun purchases, and prohibiting civilians from buying assault weapons. Newsom's proposal seeks to strike a balance between enacting common sense gun safety laws while respecting the Second Amendment and America's gun-owning tradition. Adding a constitutional amendment would require significant support and ratification from two-thirds of Congress and three-thirds of the state, three-fourths of the state, making the process challenging Newsom uh, 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 to collaborate with grassroots sports. Newsom's plans to collaborate with grassroots supporters, elected leaders, and coalition across the nation to gather support for similar resolutions in other states. Tom, what's what's Newsom doing with this here? Well, first of all, this is a this is a standard political plank populist statement. He's speaking to the liberal base about gun control. And what he's trying to do is put safety front and center. I think people should be 21. Don't you think that's a good idea? You know, how do you argue against that? No, no, no. A 10-year-old should have a gun. It's hard to argue that side. Then what about background checks? What about gun shows selling a, a private sale out of the trunk of your car? Shouldn't there be a background check and a, you know, you have to fill out a form to sell your car to somebody and drop it off at DMV. Why shouldn't you have to do that with a gun? All of that sounds good, except there's a Trojan horse here. The Trojan horse is prohibiting civilians from buying assault weapons. And inside it, the definition of assault weapon will expand and expand and expand. You know, an automatic weapon, classic machine gun, that's an assault weapon. And pretty soon, your Remington 410 bore that you're hunting pheasant with will be called an assault weapon. That's the Trojan horse. But the odds of getting this through all the states is very, very low. What he's doing is talking to the liberal base, and he's trying to plant the seeds. This is one of the planks I have, and I'm running on gun control, running against shootings. This is one of the planks in his campaign. He's trying to get the, uh, also get the DNC to pay attention to him and to allow him to be a candidate for uh, president if they uh, flip the switch on Joe Biden. But the com- but what's in there, this is a Trojan horse. The assault weapon list will just keep expanding. That's the design. You know, you use the word that I think is very apropos. You said he's appealing to the populist base uh, because gun control and figuring out these fucking mass shooting situations actually is very popular. Now, I do agree with you that there's definitely a Trojan horse aspect of this. And the, 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 the concern certainly from the 2A people is that they're coming after your guns. Uh, I don't think that's the on the agenda. But if that's what you feel, totally entitled to that. But I do think there is a deep yearning in this country to figure this out, guys. Something needs to get done here. The status quo of just a shooting every 21 hours. RFK mentioned this. He said, what, in Switzerland, there hasn't been a sh- uh, mass shooting like this in schools or in, in general in 21 20 years. years. 21 years. And this happens every 21 hours here in America. Now, is Gavin Newsom approach the perfect situation, the perfect approach? Arguable. Um, we'll see. But... I actually applaud him for doing something about this. Now, are there deeper motivations here? Is this an appeal to the DNC to become the next president? We all know that Biden is running on empty, yet he's the front runner here. Um, I actually, I think, uh, when I think of fake politician, the first name that comes to mind is Gavin Newsom. But there, there is some genuine desire to get this figured out uh, because I, the, the, the normalcy and just the, hey, yeah, another shooting is, is actually disgusting. But don't you think that it goes, okay, the guns, again, it's always going to be about the guns. But what I think RFK even said, too, is when are we going to address the mental health situation? The fact that in in the past, what, 20, 30 years, the, to get into the mindset to take a gun, just mm-hmm. a regular person. They always interview the, the students around this person. The majority of the time, they're like, mm-hmm. we had no idea. What makes somebody go into a school and shoot children okay and that's something with your brain and that's when the drugs start coming in the the pro whatever all the drugs and all the pros all the pros depression what, what, stuff the depression yes. for the kids and yes. then but guess what you can't talk shit about the drugs and get into the mental side because big pharma is making billions of pumping these drugs into these kids you can't go against these guys how much do we learn adam that you Vinny, can't- I, I fully agree with you yeah to me the mental health situation the drug situation is step 10 <laughs> okay meaning like that's not going to happen overnight of course. Some sort of sensible gun control, some sort of situation. You know, I, I'm an advocate of two things. Why aren't police in front of schools? Why aren't armed people in front of schools? You know, uh, so many individuals make a great case of like CNN, you've got armed guards here. Fox News, you've got armed guards here. Buildings have armed guards. Why don't we have that? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and it's why don't we have that in front of schools? Right. Hey, yeah. said something during the Twitter spaces. Yeah. He said if he were to be president, he would treat schools like they were Airlines. airports. Yeah. Yeah. Have <laughs> you ever airports. seen a, a yeah. mass shooting at an yeah. airport? Never. Uh, Good compared point. to yeah. the mass shootings that happen at schools. But that was step yes. one was treat them like airports. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, mental health. And then my second point was, and I know this is controversial, these families of these mass shooters, there needs to be accountability with these families. Okay, I'm not saying you need to lock them up. They need to go to jail for this. But they, the families of these people that do math, you could kill 50 people and then the one kid just rots in jail. What about the family? What about the people that raised this kid? Their legacy, their name, their bloodline, there needs to be some accountability with these people. They're raising We've savages. Yeah. yeah, you know, listen, for Tate me. talked about this. Yeah, for me, I think one of, one of the most important candidates right now who's talking about stuff that nobody else is talking about but is necessary is RFK. Mm. And RFK, he had his live on Twitter space, and his live was 300,000 people were on. Musk, uh, you know, talked about uh, a bunch of different things. Elon Musk hosted a Twitter space event in 2024, presidential candidate RFK, where Kennedy praised Musk for defending free speech and rescuing American democracy. However, Twitter criticized Musk for giving a platform to Kennedy, who has been banned from social platforms, uh, uh, for spreading misinformation. During the event, Kennedy spread misinformation uh, about COVID-19, calling it a bioweapons problem and accused traditional media organizations of being propaganda vessels. He also blamed President Joe Biden for steering Democrats towards war. In the midst of the event, Musk revealed that Twitter's revenue was down by half, suggesting potential financial challenges for the social media platform. Let's stay on RFK here. So... This guy explains how, you know, what's the difference between us and Switzerland 21 years, 21 hours, right? We had a school mass shooting 21 hours ago, and there was one in Virginia, I think, two days ago. And he says uh, Switzerland hasn't had a school mass shooting for 21 years. What's the difference? They have the same amount of guns per capita, give or take. So then the question that became with Tate when the question was, you know, what's changed between now and 1950, right? What's changed? And that led to an incredible conversation. Mm -hmm. If you pull up what I just sent you, Rob, because the question was, well, do people own more guns today than before? Well, no. Percentage of households in the United States owning one or more firearms from 1972 till today, it's about the same. Look at that. It was even higher in 1972, 43, we even went as high as 47% in 1990 under Clinton, uh, under Bush Sr., I believe, right? That's Bush Sr., yeah, under Bush Sr. Yeah. So 47%, and we were as low as 37% 2013, that's what, under Obama? And then 37% also the lowest under Trump, 2019. So the two lowest times of gun ownership the last 50 years was under Trump and under uh, Obama. So one cannot say, well, people own more guns today than ever before, but there's a couple things that change. One, do you know there's only two countries in the world that can advertise? Big Pharma. One is U.S., one is New Zealand. Do you know when that law was passed? Uh, Rob, if you can go Google, when did the law pass uh, to Big Pharma advertise U.S.? Just type in Big Pharma advertise U.S. law. It was, I believe, in 1985. Well, that's a big difference because they could advertise in 1985. And versus they cannot, 1980, there's a 1987. Okay, 1987 when that passed. Well, that's a big difference that they can start advertising, right? Okay, now go and take a look at when Prozac came out. Go look at when Prozac came out. What year did Prozac come out? I think it's 88 or 89 is when they started it. There you go, 88. Yeah, 88. 88, January 88 is when they started selling it. Okay, so, so far from 70 till today, what changed? One advertising of big pharma which those guys started making more money so cnn all these msnbc all these big media companies are getting their money from what big pharma two prozac we didn't have something like prozac you know it's pretty bad one on these drugs can you type in drugs that the disclaimer says suicide drugs disclaimer suicide uh, uh suicide tendency if you can type that and bring it up uh uh uh, uh drugs that say this, if you take this, there's a possibility of suicide. Uh, pharmaceuticals, maybe type in pharmaceuticals instead of putting drugs, pharmaceuticals. So you, you buy side these effect. pharmaceuticals, and in there it says there's a side effect. Yeah, there you go, side effects of suicide. Let's see what comes up. Go a little lower, go a little lower, because the first one is a hotline. Go a little lower, helps and go a little lower. Uh, medications with suicide risk. There you go, yeah. click on that. Zoom in. Uh, did you click on it or no? 
Yes, it's loading. Okay, so you, you got all these medications that people are taking. Mm-hmm. Why would they put disclaimer of suicide on there? Why would you do that? What's the purpose of putting that in there? Medications, here's a list of medications that have been linked to suicidal thoughts and behavior. Accutane, a skin drug. Benzyl, okay? Look at all those lists there on, uh, 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 keep going. The list goes on and the, on, the, I think the, is the point. I, I don't know how to pronounce that, the Pacote, whatever that thing is. I think that's like a Zoloft type of a thing. That's for bipolar, right? Prozac. Keep going, Lord. Prozac, right there. Okay, Prozac, suicidal tendencies, right? What else do you have there that's suicidal tendencies? Keep going, Lord. Okay, I mean, listen, probably not a good idea to allow these guys to advertise. Mm -hmm. Probably not a bad idea for the next president to say, hey, guess what? Moving forward, Big Pharma, you can't advertise anymore. Why not? There's 200 countries in the world. Only two countries allowed to advertise. Us in New Zealand, we're not going to advertise no more. Well, that's you can't do that. I understand you're not going to like it because lobbyists are going to go crazy, but we got to cut the stuff. So I think there's certain things that has changed from 72 mm-hmm. or 1950 till today that they have to pay attention to. And let's not forget during COVID what they did, closing everybody down, shutting everybody down, stay home, don't go out. And to the point where I'll give you an article here next that the attorney, Surgeon Attorney General came out and is talking about the loneliness oh, epidemic. No wonder this happened. You're the one that said stay home. That was your idea. Now you're saying it's bad. There's a lot of people that said it was bad. We're like, no, 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 it's the right thing to do. No, it wasn't the right thing to do. You, 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 yeah. Uh, well, it's not just suicide. I think that's one component of it. I mean, the list here is, is very long. Depression, anxiety, restlessness, trouble sleeping, panic attacks, anger, irritability, agitation, aggression, dangerous impulses, extreme increases in activity. You're talking. I think the, the common thing here is you hear when people are pilled out, they turn into what? Zombies. Yeah. Okay, and when, you, when you're a zombie, you have what is known as apathy. You don't care. You don't care whether you live or die. You don't care if other people live or die. And it is, it, 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 that is what happens when you are pilled out and you're Prozac'd out and all these pills. You know, Pat was going A through Z here. The list was too long to even read all, the, all these drugs here. Now, back to RFK. What's the exact opposite of apathy? Empathy. Understanding. His appeal to people was saying, listen, I understand these people. I understand gun culture. We just, we just went down the list here. It was as low as 37, as high as 44. 40% of Americans have guns. It is what it is. Okay, that number changes and goes up and down a little bit, but 40% of Americans have guns. To, to speak to his empathy and to speak to his credibility and to speak to his authority on this situation, if you recall this, he said, listen, and he downplayed it. It was so incredible. He goes, listen, I've lost two family members to gun violence. Oh, really? What family members? How about freaking JFK? And his father. And his father, Bobby Kennedy. It's like if there's anybody, his father there's, and his uncle, if there's anybody that has the authority, that has the credibility and the empathy to speak about things like that, it is RFK. And Pat, I'm so speaking of RFK, I am so happy that he he's... Because mind you, I never thought I'd be saying this about a Democrat. I genuinely, genuinely like what he's saying and what he's doing. And bro, thank, you know how lucky he is? Thank God. Thank God that it's 2023 and we have camera phones and cameras everywhere. And it's not 1963 where the only person that had a camera was Abraham Zapruder. Because him talking this type of mess against COVID, point. Pat, against the media, yeah. against Biden, against corruption, mm-hmm. he would have been taken out Toot sweet, bro. But thank God for for technology and where we are right now that he can say these things. And mind you, I think he's such a big threat to the left. I'm interested to see what they're going to do, Pat, to try to take his ass down Mm -hmm. like they're taking. And this goes back to my initial point. Just because you have a D to the next of your name does not mean you don't have credibility. Just like if you have an R next to your name doesn't mean that you're some right wing extremist. It's a very nuanced argument here. It's a very nuanced situation. And you look at people like Tulsi Gabbard, who we had on less than a month ago. Former Democrat, very credible. RFK, arguably the legacy of all legacies of Democrats, Kennedy family, very credible. Definitely shaking things up. Even Joe Manchin, you know, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, it, it's it, it just the, the polarization of the, of of the politics these days. Uh, once you get through the R and D situation, you realize. Let me see the substance that this person is talking about. Someone like RFK is making waves in a big way. You know, there's been a lot of discussion, and you know, people say, "Oh, it's tin hat and conspiracy theorists that talk about the Uniparty." That that say, "Look, you know, the Democrats and public and Republicans are ba- basically mm-hmm. the same underneath." And you have a MAGA side over here, and then you have a Bernie side over here. But then there's this cloud in the middle that kind of goes along with each other on drug advertising and a lot of major initiatives, um, and then. No less than the Wall Street Journal just had an opinion piece yesterday or today. I think it may have been today talking about, you know, 
is it time for an American independent party and talking about a lot of the ways and things that are happening. So maybe the common sense starts to come out that the common sense and common American starts to come out in the form of a, a, a true independent party. And maybe there's, there's deeper truths about, you know, the whole concept of the uniparty underneath with the extremes at the fringes. Pat, let me tee this up for you because the video that you did about being a free thinker and being an outsider is so apropos these days. You have insiders, the swamp, and you have outsiders that shake things up. And you compared the Kennedy family to the Trump family and being anti-establishment. I think it's a very important... uh, It's the hardest position to take. It's the hardest position to take because it comes with the most hate. Easiest position to take is establishment. Follow, uh, follow the herd. Follow everybody. Mm-hmm. It's safe. You got support. You got backup. To go against the establishment? Are you kidding me? <laughs> who, who has been? Actually, think about this. Who has been the biggest presidents that have been anti-establishment presidents? Trump, obviously. And who else? Trump and JFK. JFK. Well, those are the top of the list. Lincoln. And then you have Lincoln. Was Lincoln even went against his, you know, saying, what are you guys doing? We got we to gotta let these guys free. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, they didn't like him. They didn't like what Reagan was doing. They didn't like, you know, uh, there's a lot of these guys that you look at that they go after. But, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting seeing what happens. Trump's going to keep saying what he's saying. Uh, 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 he, he, he talked about the tweet out there. But anyways, let's go to the next story.